Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Movies in Focus podcast. I'm Niall Brown. This time around, I'm joined by Spanish filmmaker Chino Moya. Chino is a veteran director of short films, music videos, and commercials. He made his feature-length debut with Undergods, a dystopian science fiction film which had its world premiere at the 2020 Fantasia Film Festival. Set in an unnamed futuristic city, the film tells three stories which make the tales of the unexpected seem like the Looney Tunes. With nods to directors such as Terry Gilliam and Ben Wheatley, Under Gods is a strong debut for the filmmaker. Deliberately opaque and obtuse, Chino's film is a morality play about society and the family unit. The characters are as important as the dystopian setting and the science fiction aspect adds some glorious visuals. It's a film you could spend hours trying to unwrap. My conversation with Chino was yet another interesting look at the filmmaking process and everything it entails. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for having me with you and then movies in focus, yeah. Yeah, no, well, thank you. It's a, it's a, a great film to talk about because you, you watch it and there's just so many layers to it. So it's actually great to have the creator in, in front of me to talk about it. Well, thanks, yeah. I'm excited to, to, to do it. So how would you describe the film? Uh, yeah, I, I guess, to be honest, uh, it, it took me years of, uh, and, and the help of, of my producer to try to put it with words, because I remember when, when I was initially trying to pitch it, it was not, not easy to put it. But yeah, I think it's a collect, obviously a collection of stories uh, about, I think basically it's a film about failed societies. And, and and how these failed societies, they breed failed families, failed individuals. And so I think it's it's a movie about, about what humans we do to ourselves in a way, because we, we've created those societies and we are the victims of our own creation, which is this very complex worlds. And so I think that's that's basically nutshell, I think that that that's what the movie's about is 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 humans creating societies that ultimately fall apart and and now obviously there's an element of broken masculinity and there's an element of of all these societies are created by men and 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 in a more seeing it from a more twenty twenty one view they actually white white men who created um the capitalism, communism, fascism, all these sort of utopias who had ultimately failed all of us are, are the creation of this of the Western of the Western male. And and so there's an element of that is failed societies, unbroken masculinity, and those those things going together in, in, in the movie. And those those are kind of probably the most prominent themes but but again I always my hope with this film was always that people would make every person will will have a different interpretation and not necessarily will read what I my intentions and maybe they'll they'll make something up completely different well that's it 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 very much is a film that I think every viewer could have their own opinion on, on what it is because I mean it's just layered in so many ways when you're talking about the themes to it, they are universal themes. What made you decide to set it in the future? Was that just for the visual aspect or 
why did you not decide to set it in the present or even the past? Yeah, I think I have been, there's a natural inclination that I have towards creating parallel worlds. And that's something that I just enjoy a lot. No, I enjoy it as a viewer and I enjoy it as a director, both. So anything, and that's something I've been always doing. I've, I've grew up reading comic books, watching horror, fantasy, sci-fi movies, uh, reading a lot of fantasy and horror literature. So, so I think anything that I, I just love to set up other other realities because I also think they is 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 an interesting way of 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 talking about our current world without being too explicit and and I think a lot of times if if you if you want to make a comment about society sometimes you need to make a drama and and I think genre what 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 the genre genre allows is is to is to also make comments about relevant topics, but with adding an element of entertainment and also of visual flair. I, I, I just love, and yeah, I love building sets. I love designing costumes, obviously with the, with the designers. I love creating any, anything that has to do with an alternative world. So this was basically a very good opportunity for me to, to do that, and I, I took it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, visually, the, the film just looks amazing. And presumably it was made with a, a relatively limited budget. How did you go about getting the, the style of it? Because it's, it's so powerful. How, do, how did that all come together? And what, what, what was your process for that? Yeah, it was a very, it was not an easy one because we obviously, we had the budget of, a, we have a decent budget for a first film. But it's still the budget of a, of an independent British first film funded by the by the VFI, who were actually very generous. But but still, it's 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 not. Those movies tend to be dramas or tend to be other kind of movies. Definitely, is not this the budget of a first film. It's, it's not an easy one to to create to design alternative worlds to do something that is science fiction. So yeah, I think we maximize it a lot. Uh, we we shot most of it in Serbia, which I think helped a lot uh, stretching the budget. The crews and cast were very generous with their fees, like like not yeah, just cutting cutting their fees. And and I think because I've I've done music videos for years and I've I've learned techniques in which give to give scale to my films without necessarily having much money. So I employed a lot of those techniques, um, especially when it comes to, to VFX, which tends to be a very costly aspect of filmmaking. And we've, I've used some of the techniques I knew for music videos. So we, we were able to design those, those big um, city landscapes without the need of, of, of tons of money. It's true, obviously, that uh, that yeah, the real cost of this of this film would, would have probably been doubled if if people wouldn't have helped along the way and cut their fees and and all of that. And it it took a, yeah a big toll on everyone just to to be able to deliver something of the scale 
even just for costumes, there were some scenes where we have some 150 prisoners wearing these very old uniforms that they were all all be they were all built in 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 Serbia from scratch. So not only built but aged and, and same with sets. They, they, we built an entire house in in a soundstage and. And we did a lot of stuff, which I think, it, yeah, it, it came down a lot to people's generosity and involvement in the project, I think. But, well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it must have been quite an interesting journey to get it made because it's not, it's, it's an art house movie. It's a, it's a bold art movie. Like I said before, it doesn't really give any answers. What was the journey like from when you first imagined the film to to actually almost your first day of shooting? What was the journey to try and get it financed and then and, and that sort of aspect of it? So first I I wrote it. I, I wrote the film. I, I spent many years of my life trying to make a film. And for some reason, I wasn't able to get things. So off the ground, so one day as I was like, I'm, yeah, I've been involved in a few projects in the past. And one day it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write something and I'm going to make it. Um, so if I have to make it with my iPhone, I'll make it with my iPhone. So, so I just wrote something with intentions of, of making it. And, and I didn't even know what I wanted to write. It was like, okay, let's just start writing a script. And, and all these ideas, things, people, uh, worlds came, came up. And so I wrote, I wrote the first draft. It was very surreal, very, um, way, way more surreal than, and, and less grounded than the one we have right now. And, and then with that, I spent, yeah, I, I never thought that anyone would have any interest in something as, as bizarre as that. But weird enough, I sent it to a few places and at least I saw some positive responses. And then I met, at one point I, I met, a year after I met, Sophie Venner, which is the producer, is sort of the other half of Annegot. I think the main, yeah, Annegot was mainly made by 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 Sophie and me. We were a bit like the yin and yang of, of of the movie. So I met Sophie. I sent her the script, and suddenly she got back to me with a very positive response, but with a massive. Uh, list of notes and from then we spent a year a couple of years developing the script so i was writing i was doing rewrites he was making comments we got a couple of people involved who also gave us comments notes on the scripts a lot of friends and families as well so so after a few years of working on the script we finally started pitching it around and still we were some people were interested or not like they're we started to build a little bit of, of, of interest, but still, and then weirdly enough, Brexit and Trump happened. And I think a lot of people, because those things happened back to back, suddenly a lot of people understood a lot more the, 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 the script. And, and because of those two events, a lot of people suddenly were, oh, I think now we, 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 we get what you want to do about this white, middle-aged men and, and all these sort of dystopian societies. And, and, and really enough, those, those two things, I think, helped. Um, and then the most important, there was two, two very important elements. 
uh, Ridley Scott, Scott Free, Black Dog, RSL, they, the three companies and the Ridley Scott companies, Umbrellas, they supported us from the very beginning. I worked with them doing music videos and commercials. So they gave us some money from development, for traveling, for getting, yeah, doing all, all sorts of things all, that we, it's like, to start doing a bit of casting, they gave us an, a space in their office to, to, to start making the movie. So that was, that was an invaluable help. And then we applied to the BFI and then say they, for the production uh, funding and they, weirdly enough, they got back to us and after a few different sessions, things, they end up, they, they, and they, they said, yes, they, they liked the project and they gave us the money uh, or the, to, to make it and and once we got the BFI on board it was the project somehow snowballed and and we also won a pitch in Belgium at the same time and so that suddenly won a lot of a lot of people like jumped into the project uh, and 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 Sally got financed but it obviously Sophie had to look for money in a lot of different countries, in Sweden, in Belgium, in, in Serbia, in Estonia. And we've, we had amazing co-producers in all of them who, who also applied for the local fundings. So it was, it was a difficult, yeah, it was not an easy one to fund, fund this movie. No, it, it sounds like a, a tremendous amount of hard work and that's, that's even before you, you, you shoot a frame of, of a film. It must be exhausting as an independent yeah. filmmaker to do that. It was a very exhausting, obviously the funding thing was even more exhausting for Sophie than me, but yeah, I think it was, it was amazing that it happened and we got so many people involved and, and so many people. Also, we have some, some great private investors who were, were also the, from the very start of, of the movie and who were very amazing support. So. I think we were lucky that we found people who believed in, in this project and they gave us their initial support and also that we found people in other countries who wanted to, to take the journey with us and, and help us, helped us making it, yeah. And then as soon as you were getting ready for release, COVID hit. So how, how, did, how did that change things for you? So basically, we mastered the movie. I think it was like the master master. So we we it was the end of the film. We're like okay, the master with the with the credits, the titled everything, the sound, everything, which is the finished version of the movie. We're printing the DCP, and I think probably that was fifth of March, which still didn't feel that it was just normal life. And then suddenly, a week later, it was like, oh, things started to feel a bit weird. Well, yeah, well, maybe not. And then boom the world stopped. And then so our, we, we, we really, one of our dreams was to go to director Fortnite in Cannes. And we have all, sadly everything. We never knew whether the movie got picked up. No, sadly all the fest, everything stopped basically. Festivals, everything, all the, all the, all the festivals got canceled. And at one point felt, okay, we cannot, Sophie and we were talking, it's like, wow, we cannot release this film. And also no one knew whether this was going to be a month, two months, three months, or, or, or 10 years, this, uh, this pandemic. So, and then, and then all the festivals started cancelling. So 
so we did and Sally and then Sally Fantasia in Canada there was so, one of the f- very first festivals who decided earlier on to go online um, so they decided to go online they set up a, a system to go virtual and then they and then they offered us to premiere with them and and we said yes and Sally was Amazing. We're still in lockdown, and, and Sally is like, "Okay, we are premiering, and we know it's going to premiere because these guys are going virtual, so it, it would never get cancelled." And that was a moment of tremendous relief when Sally we saw, "Okay, it's going to be a virtual release, but it's going to be we are going to release." And and then Sally, that yeah, that was that was amazing when we Sally realized that we could we could release the we could release the film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and then yeah. oh, go ahead. No, and then from then we started the festival run, which has been mainly virtual, but we were lucky to have a mini window in Estonia where Estonia was very low on cases and they did a they did a physical so we, we, we had one one screening actually, a real screening with a full distance cinema but it was people people in the theater in november and and we got invited so we at least had one one screening that we that that happened and it was in black nights in in tallinn well that's at least it was managed to be seen on a big screen by an audience which must be very fulfilling to know that as your first film you know, it, it, it was amazing. Seen. Yeah, it was a one-off because then even we were going then to Glasgow and Glasgow was going to be physical, and then then yeah we shut down again in the UK. So again it, it was virtual. So so there were a few festivals that felt that they were going to be f- physical, and then they all end up turning into virtual because those yeah. And um, we're we're kind of running out of time here so I've just got a couple of more questions um one the, the musical score in the film is outstanding how do, how did that come together uh, yeah i think i was listening to a lot of electronic music uh, from late 70s early 80s mainly german stuff and i knew from the very beginning that was the soundtrack of Under gods so with that in view we we tried to find someone who could be and we found Wojciech which is this amazing Polish synth wizard uh, we, we, who has a, quite a lot of following but he never I think he very rarely leaves Poland and, and his town in Poland but and then we got him on board and he started producing stuff for us we also get got other people like Jeremy Wormsley in the UK to to compose some specific track. We got another guy in Spain called Gerardo Herrero to also produce some music. And also we licensed some of that, um, of those German original tracks from the late 70s and early 80s. So it was a combination of that. Mainly the Wojciech was the main guy, but also we got a few other people who were very good with synths. Um, plus we, we, we licensed some of the music at the time. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fantastic score that goes so well with the visuals. I think they both work really well together. And I think it's just a stunning combination. Yeah. It's actually coming out, yeah, in, in at the same time as the movie, the soundtrack. Yeah. Yes, I think I'll be picking it up myself. So uh, yeah, you, you've got does. at least one fan. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and finally, um, what's next for you? Um, 
are you doing another feature? Yeah, um, I mean, lockdown was was good. If lo- if lockdown was good for something, was for writing, and so so I've been writing quite a few things. So I have a couple of of one sci-fi British sci-fi alternative thing, and then this horror horror film, post-pandemic horror, and so I hope that one of those two will yeah will will become a reality sometime next year or the following one. But uh, but yeah, so I've been I've been working still within the genre world and so it will be either a horror or a sci-fi, the next one, or maybe a combination of both. Yeah. It sounds great. The movie's great. I ho- I hope it's a, a success for you and uh, I really do look forward to the next one. Thank you. Thank you so much and have a great day. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Movies and Focus podcast. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope that you tell your friends about it.